Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game begins. Hey guys, welcome back to uh, another episode of Believe in Nuggets. Uh, this is episode 23. We are uh, currently sitting, uh, you know, in a bit of a dead space. There's a game in a couple days, uh, but not, there hasn't been one for a couple days as well. So we're kind of, you know, in a place of reflection today. And uh, we've had some rumors come out. And we also have uh, the month of January to recap for the most part, because uh, we are once again back from a couple weeks break but anyways i am uh, your host asher levy as always joined by my lovely co-host gage how you doing today man i am doing well uh glad to be back glad to be talking nuggets basketball uh just due to scheduling and uh, real life things it has been a little tough to get episodes out as of late but we are here now that's what matters yep we are uh back and you know things happen uh, real life things uh, happen and they take precedent over uh, an audio podcast. But that being said, uh, the Nuggets are currently uh, the number one team in the Western Conference. A uh, couple games back from the best uh, record in the league, just in general. And, you know, it's been that way for the better part of uh, a month now. They took it uh, around Christmas, if I remember correctly, and they've kept it rolling since then in the month of January, they are, um, they are winning most of their games. They are shooting 40% from three. They've maintained having the best three point shooting, uh, across the league. Their defensive rating has improved. And in general, there are a lot of reasons to be optimistic about this team. There are, you know, a lot of people are playing well. Jamal Murray is coming back into form. Uh, but before we get into all the nitty-gritty details, what has been your biggest uh, takeaway this month just from, uh, you know, on the court? What have you seen that either encourages you a lot, discourages you a lot? What have you seen from the team? Uh, so they, like you said, they have been winning majority of their games. They're 11 and four in the month of January, uh, since the start of December, they're 20 and nine. And their record is actually even better. If you take out a brief skid at the very start of the month of December, where they started the month, oh, and three. So you take out those three games, they're now 20 and six since the start, since, uh, I think it was December, uh, eighth, which conveniently their last loss. Uh, in the like their last loss to start the month was the one game that I was there while I was on vacation, so that was fun. They proceeded to just win basically every game for another month and a half after that. That was great. Felt super good. Uh, 
the main thing that I've seen that has impressed me and I've been and I've been glad to see this last month obviously has been I love Jamal Murray being good, but I love seeing the defense be able to carry this team in games. Nikola Jokic has missed a little bit of time here recently with that uh, hamstring injury that has just kind of hampered him and kind of slowed him down a little bit. And despite that, the team's defense has been hanging around. They've been making key stops, like against the Pelicans the other night. The team only scored 99 points. They still won the game because they held the Pelicans to only 98 points. Granted, the Pelicans have been on a little bit of a slide as of late, but still, you got to make plays and you got to play against who you're up against. Uh, they held the Clippers to 103 points, and that Clippers team had Kawhi, who had 24 points on 50% shooting, but no one else really did anything. Marcus Morris had 16, but he didn't really contribute a whole lot. And when your defense, when this team's known for offense and their defense is consistently showing up, that is a good thing. Even against the Thunder, they held the Thunder to only 101 points. And that was a game where you had no, where Jokic didn't play, Michael Porter Jr. didn't play, and you only found out that Michael Porter Jr. wasn't playing right before the game happened. So you're, oh, and so you're super shorthanded, and yet you still, you, you lost by two. Not great. But you still kept it close, and you held a high-flying, high-explosive team to only 101 points. So I think the defense taking a turn this last month, like over the this whole month, has been a great development to see because at the start of the year, defense was terrifying, and we had no clue if this team was ever going to get it together. And it's looking like they're starting to turn turn the corner in that area. Yeah, I would agree. The defense has uh, significantly improved uh, in the month of January uh, per NBA.com. They are up to 15th in defensive rating on the season, which is far better than where they were at. Uh, they were at 28th at one point. Uh, they are up to 15th now. And in the last uh, two weeks per uh, cleaning the glass, they are uh, eighth in the league. They have, you know, had a, a few slow scoring games in the past few weeks, like you mentioned, the Thunder game, uh, the Pelicans game. Uh, there have been games where the offense kind of looked a little sluggish, uh, be it Jokic missing time, that'll do that. Uh, but even with Jokic at times, you know, it seems like the team is playing better on the defensive end on in some games. Yeah, they're actually and, fourth in defensive rating since the start of January. Yeah, they the only four uh, three teams out of them are the Heat, the Suns, and the Grizzlies. So I just was I was curious and I wanted to look that up. Meanwhile, they are fourth in offensive rating during that stretch and second in the NBA in net rating. All these per uh, NBA.com. Yeah, they've been uh, just fantastic. Uh, they've seen you know uh, even uh, when Joker was missing time, Jamal Murray he filled that role uh, well. He led the offense, not to the same sort of success that we see with Joker, but he did carry the offense in uh, a way that was supplemental uh, to what Joker typically does. He was able to man the ship, you know, for those uh, two or three games. And we've seen him get back to kind of where he was before the end of uh, his season in 20 what before he got hurt uh, we've seen him kind of return to form with uh, in the month of January averages of uh, 21 points 
five, uh, six assists, four and a half rebounds on 48, 43, 90 splits. He's looking more and more comfortable every game. Uh, and there are still some setbacks. You know, he didn't look great in the Philadelphia game, but uh, the defense still isn't great. But on offense, he is coming back and is sort of the Jamal Murray that we saw before he got injured. That's been fantastic to see. Uh, it's been really, really encouraging for what he can be in the playoffs. He's talked about wanting to not only get back to where he was, but be better than what he ever was before, including the bubble this season. He's you know, talked a decent amount about that. Uh, his free throw percentage is up. His assist numbers are up uh, quite a bit, and he's really improved as a playmaker this season. I think this is the most uh, rock steady sort of Jamal we've seen uh, as far as playmaking goes. What have you seen from Jamal Murray this month, uh, and what do you think he can be by the time the playoffs roll around and they fully need him to be healthy? Uh, I think he can be a like a a consistent legitimate second star and i mean we've seen him be that this year uh, i mean his consistency isn't quite what it was before his injury but he's definitely getting that back more this month uh you mentioned his he's been a better distributor he's averaging 5.7 assists per game that is a career high by almost a full assist uh if you look at his uh like per 36 uh, it's 6.3 assists per 36 minutes, which, again, almost a full assist better than any other season in his career. Uh, he's averaging fewer points this year, and that's kind of okay. He's averaging 19.1. He's shooting 45% from the field on the year, but as you mentioned, his numbers have gone up this month specifically. I think that just as the season continues to grow and, and he continues to get more and more comfortable with his body and just how he plays, I think that he's going to be that legitimate star next to Jokic that makes this team so tough to play. Because So Denver has stumbled as of late when having just Jamal or just Jokic. That's going to happen. That's like injury. That's why injuries are bad, and you want your guys to be healthy. So you, so, But when Jokic and the full five is out there, everybody else's life is easier. And if, you, if Murray's only averaging 19 per game, that's okay because of everybody else around him is going to average more because everyone's got to pay more attention to him. That's why he's averaging 5.7 assists per game. He's able to run the two-man game with Jokic or he's able to find MPJ in the corner, or KCP in the corner, or whoever. He's able to find Gordon on lobs. That's the whole, that's why this team works because everybody makes everyone else's lives easier when they're all on the court together. And so the main, but the main thing I have seen that I've been, that I've been loving from Jamal is one, he's been aggressive, but two, his, his playmaking, because having him on the floor this year just shows such a huge difference from what they had last year. Nothing against Monte Morris, but having a guy that can kind of score either like with jump shots or take a, take a big man off the dribble or distribute and set up a teammate is something they didn't really have last year with Monte Morris. And now they have that back. And it's just a matter of time before Murray really gets rolling and just has a stretch of like two or three weeks where he just gets white hot and just becomes a force and a problem for everybody. Yeah, I agree. We've seen him, you know, uh, not only his playmaking, like we've mentioned, but I think the ways he's scoring are uh, better than what he was doing at the start of the season. 
he has gone to his post game a lot more, which he's one of the best guard uh, post up guards in the league, uh, if not the best. His footwork is phenomenal. His touch is sublime. He knows how to get to his spots. He knows where to find guys, uh, like get them on their heels, get them in the post. And he's not someone who will create a bunch of space uh, with his handles, but his advantage creation really comes when he gets the ball in the post. And it's an interesting um, contrast. contrast to how Jokic can kind of play like a guard at times he can kind of play like a big at times uh, with his screening with uh, you know him getting in the post uh, posting up guys fadeaways Uh, obviously both of them still play like a guard and big respectively but they can at times take inverse roles uh, when each other is off the court and I think that sort of aggression, the physicality that he's playing with is a sign of confidence, you know, growing throughout the season of him just getting more comfortable with his body, like you said. Um, and I think by the time play- the playoffs come around, we will see uh, the best Jamal Murray we've seen since the bubble. Uh, and that's very high praise because he was really good in his uh, time leading up to his injury. Now, uh, outside of him, there are uh, some rumors, uh, some sources uh, saying that uh, the Nuggets are maybe going to be active during this trade deadline. Um, those rumors are invo- involving uh, Bones Highland and uh, Mike Singer of the Denver Post uh, reported earlier today that they are looking for two-way players uh, on similarly uh, constructed contracts to Bones, like young, cost-controlled uh, players, and a first-round pick. Uh, I'm not so sure what package would be good enough with a player and a pick, like a player that's good enough to win now and a pick. Uh, it's been reported not only by uh, Mike Singer, but by Shams and Jake Fisher, Uh, of The Athletic and Yahoo Sports, respectively, that uh, Minnesota is interested in Bones Highland. Tim Conley, obviously the GM there now, or uh, president of basketball operations, whatever his title is at the moment, uh, he's in charge in Minnesota. He really liked Bones coming out of the draft, uh, obviously why he ended up in Denver. And uh, now he's still very interested in Bones. Uh, I've seen a trade uh, floated of Nas Reed uh, and Bones Highland uh, being involved with each other, whether that involves Minnesota throwing a pick, which I they do not have a pick that is available to trade uh, is my understanding of it. So I'm not sure if Minnesota is the team, um, but Bones Highland has kind of struggled this month. Uh, he's been up and down uh, offensively this season. He's a second year player. He's going to be streaky. Um, but he has been really bad on defense and his scoring isn't super diverse. Uh, There's an interesting question to be had about trading him because if you trade him for someone who can't handle the ball, then you're left really with one ball handler uh, in Jamal and like Bruce Brown can do it, but it's nothing, uh, nothing 
substantial with him really. Uh, it's most of the time coming from Jamal Murray or Bones Highland. So trading Bones kind of seems interesting at this point in time just because of what it, it would mean for the roster construction. What do you make of these uh, of the trade mill right now? And what do you think it would take for you to feel okay trading Bones? Well, I agree with you in the fact that the team trading him and not getting a guard back does hurt because, like you said, Bruce Brown is a capable ball handler, but he's not a ball handler on the level that Bones is. However, he is a little bit better of a distributor, as we have talked about on this podcast a few different times. Uh, that is one of my biggest uh, gripes with Bones is I think he could do more to set guys up. And it's not that he can't do it because we've seen him do it. He can get into modes where he sets other guys up. It's just a consistency thing. He doesn't do it like every single night. Like He'll have nights where he has six, seven, eight assists, and that's great. But then he'll have other nights where he takes 10 shots, he goes 1 for 10, 1 for 9 from 3, and gets one assist in the game. And that's where I have an issue. Now, you are giving up a guy who's young. He's only in year two. He is playing more inconsistent minutes, which that's going to happen on a Michael Malone coach team. You're going to have young guys getting inconsistent minutes, and they just got to kind of play through that. I don't love giving up Bones, but if you're trading him and you're getting a guy that can help you win a title this year, I think it's a good move. I understand some people think that's short-sighted, and I think that those people are the ones that want their team to be consistently good rather than pushing for their team to be great once in a while. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that, and... I'm not opposed to trading Bones Highland if you can get an upgrade. If you can get a piece where you can say, this move makes us closer to a title than with Bones. Because at the moment, I'm not sure Bones is in the playoff rotation. He's a sieve defensively, and he has a lot of flaws offensively. But we have seen him be able to win the team playoff games uh, already in the Warrior Series. And when he is shooting well, it provides a uh, dynamicism, a dynamic uh, offense that we don't typically see from the bench. Uh, but his lows are also very low, where he just bombs from thirty feet, shoots one of nine, and plays nine minutes the whole game. You know, like that has happened this season. Bones is probably not going to be consistent this season, and he's a second-year player would be unrealistic to expect that of most second year players um, to be able to man a bench unit where he's really most of the time uh, outside of Jamal Murray staggers, which has become the norm. He's the only offensive threat off the bench that teams can really key in on. Um, but he hasn't done super well in that role. His net rating is uh, really bad this season. Uh, on both ends of the floor. And I'm not really sure what uh, it would look like to trade him at the moment, but uh, judging by the reports that have come out, it, it appears that the Nuggets are mainly looking for a pick. 
Uh, and I don't know if I love that approach to things uh, because it'd be one thing if they were trading him for like an Alex Caruso or something, right? Like an all NBA level defender uh, who has championship uh, experience, has a defensive mindset, you know, uh, Caruso would be a great get for the Nuggets, but it appears that they're trying more so to trade him for a pick and a thing uh, and a player, you know, like the pick comes first and then it's also the player. I don't know if I like that approach because this year is supposed to be the year where you go all in. This is supposed to be the year where you're pushing your chips in. You are trying to win a championship because the Nuggets this season have shown that they can be considered favorites. They've beat some of the best teams in the league. They've uh, beat worse teams than them consistently. Uh, And as of late, it's been on another level for the most part. And if you're trading bones mainly for a pick, that tells me something was probably wrong with the relationship in the locker room. Uh, It's been reported uh, by Jake Fisher uh, in that first initial report that him and Malone have butted heads at times. And you can kind of tell that just by, you know, body language on the court a lot of the time. So if there's something with the relationship between the front office and bones, that's kind of another thing. But if you're just trying to, you know, trade him for a pick, I don't think I love that approach. And that seems through the reporting to be the the general approach that the team is taking. Like, I don't know if I, love Nas Reed enough to trade Bones Highland for him. Bones Highland is has a lot of flaws as a player. I'm not the highest in Denver uh, on him, not even close, but he does still have a high ceiling as a player, and I think trading him now for a return like that would be diminishing what you could potentially get from him in the offseason and also jeopardize uh, the potential playoff uh, rotation at the same time you did mention you don't believe he's going to be in the playoff rotation right yeah i'm not entirely sold one way or the other but also just having the option for a guy on the bench who can handle it is appealing because if you trade bones highland you're left with ish smith as your bench point guard and i I was just more saying like you thought he was going to be in the playoff rotation and mm-hmm. you're gonna, and if you're gonna possibly trade him in the off season, and if he's not in the playoff rotation, that means his value is gonna go way down. It'll be similar to an NFL team drafting a quarterback when they already had a starting quarterback, and they're like, "Oh no, we're we're not gonna trade him." The whole NFL knows you're gonna trade him, and now you're you forced your hand. Like if you go into the playoffs, you don't like you don't trade bones at the deadline, and then you're like, "Oh, we're no, we're gonna keep him. He's a long term piece." And then you don't play him at all in the playoffs, or he only only plays garbage time minutes. The whole NBA knows you're gonna trade him, and it just and now you've taken the value that you had at the deadline, and now that value's gone. I don't think they should trade it for a pick. I think that that's like I agree with you. That's giving up on a asset without getting maximum possible value from it. But I also think team chemistry matters, and if Bones is butting heads with the coach and affecting overall team chemistry, then that is a problem. Yeah, I would say that that would be grounds to trade him for sure this uh, this season. I Even if he's not in the playoff rotation, though, I think if, let's say that he's butting heads, but not to a point where 
it's really causing a, a rift in the locker room. You know, like it's not so bad that it's untenable. I think that you have to keep him simply because of his ceiling, his like, I don't think Nas Reed is really swinging the pendulum for you. You know, like if it's a player like Nas Reed, who is a good player, but are we really trading him for a rental backup big in like a pick? It just I doesn't. Think Nas Reed honestly makes more sense for a team in the Eastern Conference than a team in the Western Conference. I could be crazy. Uh, yeah, maybe, but still, either way, I just like. No, that's that, like that's what I'm saying. Is like in yeah. the East they have bigs like AD. Uh, you have the Nets with or not AD. You have Embiid. You have the Nets who have Claxton and Ben Simmons and KD, and then you have the. You have the Nets, who have Julius Randle. You have Bam Adebayo in Miami. You have uh, who's uh, you have Giannis, obviously, and Brooke Lopez. You have uh, Boston, who has Tatum and all these other guys. Versus in mm-hmm. the West, most of the best teams in the West aren't like powered by a big. Like, yeah, the the Grizzlies have Stephen Adams and Jaron Jackson, but they're led by John Morant. And then the Warriors, obviously, not led like they're the example of we don't need a center. Mm-hmm. I mean, like yeah. you need a big for Sacramento and Denver, but Denver doesn't really need a backup big other than for a guy to take up minutes. So I agree that trading him for Nas Reed is not a move that makes a ton of sense. I like the Caruso yeah. idea or one of those other guys that takes up that would kind of go into the bone spot, but I don't agree with going after a backup rental big by giving up a mm-hmm. rookie, a young player on a rookie deal with multiple years of team control left. Yeah. I I just don't think that the approach that's been reported so far, be it it could just be smoke and mirrors, they could be taking a completely different approach. I don't know. But from what has been reported, I don't love the approach from the front office. Um, and I th- feel like if you're going to trade Bones, I think you do it in the offseason just so that you can make it part of a bigger trade and have him be a sweetener rather than the main uh, piece. Because as a main piece, you're probably not getting much for him this deadline. Uh, Certainly not a, like, I don't think they're going to get the package that they want for him. I don't anticipate a trade will happen. I think that it's it's likely that they are hard, like, very uh, hardly considering it. You know, like, they're taking a good long look at Bones Island. But I, I just don't think you trade him for like a backup big, because Zeke Naji has been really solid, you know, this month and since he's gotten extended playing time, he's been good. Vlako Chantro this season has been a, a pretty solid backup big. Uh, I don't love uh, Jeff Green or DeAndre Jordan's play, but I would hope that come playoff time, you're not really playing either of them. It's a weird situation because it kind of feels like it came out of nowhere, you know, like or earlier this month, it came out of nowhere. Like it's been reported for a few weeks, but like it feels pretty fresh and I'm not really sure uh, what to make about it until more concrete things come out. Um, that being said, 
that's kind of all my thoughts on it. You have anything more to uh, pitch in? No, I think we pretty well covered it at this point. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, uh, we will be back uh, soon enough with, you know, uh, trade deadline stuff closer to the deadline. Uh, if there's big news that comes out, we'll be on. Uh, outside of that, thank you guys for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. Have a good one. Uh, you can find uh, me on Twitter at Asher Levy NBA. You can find Gage uh, at G Bridgeford NFL. Uh, those will both be linked in the episode notes. Uh, outside of that, have a good one. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.